You know, Brother Tillis and uh, Kevin Caldwell and Tillis' son Samuel, they were uh, stayed at Ronnie and Linda's ranch, and I appreciate the Hoggets hosting them the nights they were here. And uh, Ronnie was there with us at the dinner table, and uh, you're thinking, here's a guy that knows so much about the aliens, all these conspiracies, the aliens, and UFOs, and, and, and the biblical viewpoint of all that, and, and we're down here having that conference, and you said, well, we, I bet y'all were doing a lot of talking about that. Nope, <laughs> you'd be surprised. We sat around that table for, I guess, an hour and a half, two hours, and mainly what we talked about is how to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. How we're striving to have a closer relationship a more intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why I do anything I do for the Lord is, so I, is to help people either A, to get saved, get to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, or to get closer to the Lord and know how, what He expects out of us and have a closer relationship with the Lord. And that's what this sermon is going to be about this morning in Joshua chapter 24. It's going to be about decisions. And uh, as, as long as I've been here, every uh, service we try to, the best of my ability, we try to have a decision time. And it's, a, it's at the end of the service, and what we do, we get the piano player down, back down here and a song leader, and we just play a song, and, and, and everybody stands up and sings, and it gives somebody in this church, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, gives you a chance to make a decision for Jesus Christ. We're not trying to get you down here to get baptized. We're not trying to get you down here to join this church. You don't ever have to come back to this church. We're just giving you an opportunity because this decision time is a, it's, it's a good time. You've heard the gospel. You know what Jesus Christ has done for you. It gives you an opportunity to take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you don't get that opportunity a lot. In other words, you're not presented with that gospel message a lot. You go out into the world, you're not going to see a lot of it on the Internet, if any at all, or TV, or radio, or school, workplace. God is the furthest thing from most people's mind, and if they do think about God, Jesus Christ is even further down on their mind. They might mention God, but they're not sure not talking about Jesus Christ. So we don't know how many chances you'll get, and that's a good question to ask. If you're in here this morning and you're lost and don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how many decisions is God going to give you, chances he's going to give you? Because the honest truth is, is when I'm going to give you a decision time, later on in these services, in about 30 minutes from now, we're going to have decision time. When we start giving an invitation and give you an opportunity to come down and get saved and take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't do that, that's a rejection. That's not only a decision to say, that's not only a decision, I don't want him, it's a decision of a rejection saying, I don't want him right now. I'm rejecting it. No, I don't want it. How many times is the Lord going to keep offering that free gift to you of eternal salvation, eternal life, a, a place up in heaven? How many times is he going to offer it to you and you turn him down and say, no, no, no? Now, we serve a long-suffering God. We serve a God that loves us, even in our sin. And he will put up with a lot of foolishness. And he'll give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. But the, Lord's just got, the Lord has a personality too, amen? Yeah. We found that out some in, the Sunday, in Sunday school. And the, Lord said, and the Bible says, Revelation, that the Lord Jesus Christ, He stands at the door and knocks. He'll stand at the door of your heart and He'll knock. But when you keep saying, go away, I don't want you, go away. And He'll knock on the door of your heart, I don't want you, go away. And if you sit there for long enough, that, that knock might not continue. The Lord might move on down to somebody else's heart who's looking for that. 
Somebody like me when I was 17 years old that I was in, living in sin and knew I was going to hell and had an opportunity, a decision time like we're going to have this morning and was given to me and I, I just, I took that opportunity because I knew that was the best thing going. We're going to talk about decision time and decisions. Look at Joshua chapter 24 verse 14 this morning. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Father, for these people, Lord, that, that love you enough to come out here, Lord, Lord, this morning and to hear your word, Father. I pray, Father, that it will come alive for them off this page, Lord. And, Father, I pray, Lord, you'll feed them, uh, feed them the holy manna like come down from heaven, Father, and, and water them, Lord God. It gets awfully dry living in this world, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that it will be your words and not mine. Father, I do pray you'd hide me behind the cross, Father. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us this morning into all truth. Lord, thank you for the salvation I have in Jesus Christ, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that there's preachers and pastors and churches all over the world today, Lord God, that are giving decision times, Lord, that are giving people an opportunity to take Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. So you hear Joshua, here's Joshua at the end of his life. This is his last time. He's, he's the one that's been leading Israel all after Moses passed away. Here, Joshua takes over. Joshua's been Israel's leader. And it's his last message to Israel. And he starts back in 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. you got to have both. All sincerity. And I've ran into some very sincere Jehovah's Witnesses. I've ran into some very sincere Mormons. There's got to be some very sincere Muslims. There's got to be some very sincere atheists. All sincerity without the truth is still a lie. You can be as sincere and be as, as convinced in your mind as you ever were about anything else, but if it's not the truth, it's still a lie. So he's, what Joshua is saying here, serve him, serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth. You've got to have both. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now this morning I want to preach on decision time. And I'll, this is something that uh, has been on my heart a lot lately because i studying church history and hearing about church history. At this church here, when we get, have decision time, it's an open call. Well, what I mean by that is it's an old time, stand up, if you want the Lord, come on down here. And that's church history. That's George Whitfield. That's old 1700s. Uh, that's Joe, that's uh, that's Wesley, that's John Wesley, Charles Whit. that's these old-time preachers. They would stand up and preach, and they'd say, if you want Jesus Christ, come on down. If Jesus Christ is something you want, come on down and talk to us. Come on down. There was times where they would say, if you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come on down. Put your hand in my hand. Make a decision. It's decision time. You won't find in your Bible... Anywhere, you won't find anywhere in your Bible when they're trying to make a decision for the Lord where they say, okay, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want the Lord, sneak your hand up in the back there, okay, you want the Lord. And what well, doesn't like that. Now, we have preachers come in here and they preach like that. And they will do that. 
And praise God, they do it. That's the way they want to do it. Why are they doing it? They're doing it because we're so, we're living in a society where everybody's so scared. And we're so noncommittal. And we're so, I don't want people to know this. I don't want, there's no secret disciples with Jesus Christ. Confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. He said, deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. Can you imagine my wife? And I said, hey, hey, baby, will you marry me? She's like, yes. Let's have a wedding. Uh, uh, no, no. I, I don't want to stand in front of a bunch of people and say yes. As long as you say yes, I say, let's just do it like that. How do you think that would have made her feel? But... Because she was so nice and kind to say that she would marry me, I was willing to sacrifice myself and come up in front of a bunch of people I didn't even know and say, I do, with the preacher, right? I guess I'm old-fashioned. I think if you love the Lord, you should make a decision for the Lord. And that's what, that's what we're having here. That's what Joshua was saying. He's saying, this, it's decision time. See, you, serve, you need to put away the gods that were served on the other side. Of the flood. That's Noah's flood. And he says, verse 15, he says, Well, here, let's make a decision. Pick a side, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. I never knew and never imagined my, that in, in my lifetime that, there, that Americans, Americans would think Christianity was so evil. But they do. They do. They're calling us evil. And I knew that the people didn't like Christians. I knew that people didn't want to choose Christianity. They wanted to go their own way. They might mock us and might make fun of us, but I never knew there'd be so many Americans, so many Americans by the millions in this country that think Christianity's evil. When Roe versus Wade was overturned, I mean, I read article after article. I, I, mean, I mean, by major newspapers, Christianity was behind this, the evil right, right wing of Christianity. Evil Christians are trying to make people not be able to use their body. It's just over and over the evil that we were, we were, we were being called evil. We are being called evil because we're trying to protect a child's life, an unborn's life, unborn kid's life. And he says there, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Do you know that you're a chooser in here? That's what a decision is. My wife had this, uh, was at the school district, and this wild, crazy pirate showed up at the school district. He was dressed like a pirate. His wife was dressed like a pirate. He had this big old pirate ship he carried behind his truck. He pulled with his truck, and he just put on this show, like a pirate show. I think he had everything but a parrot. Did he, even, did he have a parrot? He did have a parrot. I'm sorry, he didn't have, did he have a monkey? Oh, the wife had the parrot? His wife was dressed like a parrot. This gets worse as I talk about it. So the point is, is he comes in the school district, and here's this goofy pirate guy saying, but you know what he said? He said something very profound. My wife came home and told me, and I said, that's profound what he just said. He would look at all those kids, and he'd say, you're not winners. None of you guys are winners. <laughs> but none of you guys are losers. You guys are choosers. And what you choose to do is going to affect you the rest of your life. And that's why what, what Joshua was saying here, choose you this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You might have a family. It might be your mom or your dad, your grandmother, granddad. Maybe they're atheists. Maybe they serve another god. Maybe they don't believe in Christianity. Maybe they, you got to choose, though. Listen here. This is not a decision you say, well, I choose this because that's what everybody else is doing. God's going to put you before him alone. You won't have anybody up there with you. God's going to stand you alone before him, and all your sins are going to be revealed to him right before the whole universe, and you're going to have to answer alone for all you've done. And you can't say, well, but, 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 but my mom and dad, they didn't believe in you. But what did you believe? What did you choose? What was your decision? And I'm telling you, there's some, there's church, the church is full of this kind of, uh, this kind of person. Church is full of them. But, but, but my mom and dad, they, they were Christians. My mom and dad, my dad was a preacher. My mom was a Sunday school leader. My, my, my mom played the piano. My, 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 my mom, my grandma and granddad, they never missed church. Lord God's going to say, I don't care what them, I want to know what you're doing. What's your choice? What did you do with Jesus Christ? Which way did you choose? See, it's decision time. Joshua's had just about enough. He says, you're riding the fence. You're not making a decision. You're sitting on one side. You got one side on, on the evil side, one side on God's side, and you're trying to ride the fence. He goes, it's time to make a decision for the Lord. You need to choose this day whom ye will serve. Choose it. And he goes on to say there at the end of verse 15, but as for me, Joshua makes his decision. Joshua makes his decision. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what that is? What you're just reading right there, those, that last little sentence right there after the colon, what you're reading is a real man. You don't have a whole lot of them left in America. A real man. Number one, he makes his mind up. No matter what anybody else does, he says, I know what's true, and this is it. As for me, and let me show you what a real man does. He says, as for me and my house, <laughs> this is going to ruffle some feathers. As for me and my house, uh, but, 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 but daddy, I didn't have a say. You shut your mouth, boy. We're serving the Lord under this house. If you're living under this house, and you're sleeping under in my bed, and you're eating my food, and you're, you're, you're under my, when I'm paying the water and the electricity and thing, we're going to go to the church, we're going to serve the Lord. When I raise kid, I know what it's like. I ain't going to church. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. I ain't. Yes, yes, she is. I ain't going to church. Well, if you're not going to church, then when I get home, I guess I'll see your bags packed and you get on down the road because if you're going to live in my house, you're going to church. I had one guy. My mom and daddy made me go to church all my life when I was a kid. Yeah, and they made you brush your teeth. Made you take a bath. They made you clean your room. Get where I'm going with this? They made you do what's right. The things that were good for you. Sounds like a bunch of little kids. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes the decision. His decision is, let's serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at, look at 1 Samuel chapter 12. 
If you want to make a decision this morning for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I hope you do, and I hope it's the right decision. See, it's a, it could be either way. You could choose to serve. To, you could choose Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, this morning. Come down and get saved. You're going to be saved the rest of your life. It's security. Once you're saved, you're born again. You can't become unborn. Or you might decide this morning, it's like, no, I don't want Jesus Christ. I still don't want him. I still don't want to have anything to do with him. And you make that decision. But if you do decide you're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's a lot of people in here that made that decision years ago, praise God. If you're in here and you're saved, say amen. 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 That's a pretty good size amen. Well, you need to know now, you need to make a decision how you're going to serve him. It's decision time of how you're going to serve the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20. I think a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, should be man enough to say, you know, I'm just going to walk on down there and get saved. I guess I feel that way because I was one of the shyest kids you could have ever met. You can't, it might be hard for you to believe. I was one of the shyest kids you could have ever met, but when I gave the invitation that night and I was 17 years old, I went down there and got saved. I wanted it. I wanted salvation. And if you want it this morning, you'll come and take it. Verse 20, And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. So Samuel says this, you've done, don't, you've done a lot of wickedness. Don't be afraid of the Lord right now. You've done a lot of wickedness, but don't turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. What Samuel starts out by saying is you've done a lot of bad things in the past, but don't give up on God because God hasn't given up on you. That's what happens. We start living a Christian life. We get saved, and man, it feels so good. We're so clean, and then we live in the world, and we start getting the filth of the world. The filth of the world gets in our eyes, gets in our ears. We start getting filth. We start sinning. We get some of those sins on us, and we're not very clean. And sometimes we're like, well, I don't know, and you kind of get afraid to even go to the Lord because you don't feel right. You don't feel clean. And you're getting away from the Lord. You know, well, is the Lord giving up on me? No, the Lord hasn't given up on you. Don't give up on the Lord because the Lord hasn't given up on you. If you'll come as a Christian and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John chapter 1. Verse 21. Hey, and as a pastor, I do it all the time. I'm a preacher that reads my Bible daily, and I try to live a Christian life, and I do that all the time. You do what, Pastor? I get down on my knees, and I say, Lord, forgive me for this, and forgive me for that, and forgive me for this, and forgive me for that. Man, a week ago, when my kidney stone hit me so bad in the middle of the night, I was in some of the worst pain I've been in in years and years and years. I mean, I was being tortured. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm outside and I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm just trying to walk away from the pain, trying to get this pain to stop. And I'm groaning and moaning. And I said, thank you, Lord. But see, early in the night, I almost committed a sin. The Lord helped me get through that. I was tempted to do something I shouldn't do, and the Lord helped me to get through that. Why were you thanking the Lord? Because I was thanking the Lord, I was thanking the Lord, thanking, Lord, if I had done that sin, I would think you were punishing me right now with this kidney stone. Exactly what I was thinking. I know the Lord thinks I'm a fool. 
He knows I'm a fool. But I love him. I love him. Verse 21, And turn ye not aside, from the, then, for then should you go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. See, here's the problem of being a Christian. And this is a major problem, Christian. The Lord puts you in a spot, and He's put me in a spot for the last three weeks. Well, I've been, I've been dealing with some health issues. He's put me in a bad spot, and I've cried, and I've begged, and I've pleaded, and I've had people pray over me. I've had other preachers pray over me. Brother Tillis, I've had people call me, text me, pray over me. Just, oh, they're loving on me, praying over me, and it's not lifting. Nothing's changing. What do you do now, Pastor? Well, I guess I could start praying to Muhammad. Go to Buddha. Or I could just say, you know what? The Lord hates me. He's given me all this pain and he hates me and I'm going to leave him and forsake him. That's what Samuel's talking about. But he says in verse 21, if you turn and turn you not aside, if you do something like that, for then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Jesus Christ gave some hard sermon one time in John chapter 6. It was hard. Very hard. Very hard. And it says that that, and the Bible says at that time when Jesus got through preaching, at that time a, a majority of his disciples left. So Jesus turned to Peter, James, and John and the 12 disciples that were left and the few that were left with them. He turned to them and he goes, will you forsake me also? You know what Peter said? Peter said, Lord, where else are we going to go? We believe you're the Son of God and have the words of life. <laughs> you know, the truth is, it's like, I don't like what the Lord's doing. He's not healing me. I don't like this. I don't like that. But where else am I going to go? Because once you've got the truth, you've got it. It don't change it. So you just stuck there. That's the problem with Christianity. Once you get to Christianity... And you get the truth, and the whole truth, and you're like, praise God, I'm saved. Now I'm dealing with cancer. Now I'm dealing with health problems. Now I'm dealing with everything to all the world else. Where are you going to go? There isn't nowhere else to go. You know you got it. What do you got to do? You got to be patient and wait on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake. Because that pleased the Lord to make you his people. You know, the Lord, you know why the Lord's not going to forsake you, Christian? Because his son's name's on you. you know, have you ever thought about that? He can't forsake you for his great namesake. That's why it's so wicked for somebody who's not a Christian to claim that they're a Christian. Because when you're saying, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I took Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, right then, right there, what you, what's happening is God makes you His Son, you're born again, and now God is your Father. You belong to Him. So no matter how much you embarrass Him, no matter how many bad things you do, you still belong to Him. He's not going to forsake you because you belong to Him. That's what He just said. Man, what a blessing. What a blessing we got a father that loves us enough not to forsake us. I know some of us got fathers in here that would have ran us out of the house and they would have forsaken us and never had anything to do with us. Verse 23, moreover, as for me, 
Moreover, as for me, this is Samuel speaking, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you, but I, I, but I will teach you the good and the right way. He says, you know what? Samuel says there in verse 23, he says, it's a sin if I, don't, if I stop praying for you. His decision is to teach you the good and the right way. This is all in verse 23. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Christian, it's a sin not to be praying for those you know need Jesus Christ. You need to be praying for them. Why are you not praying for them? Because I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them either. We're supposed to pray for them. How many of y'all prayed for Biden this morning? By the laughter, I can tell not many. Does he need prayer? He's only in control of the, known, the biggest nation in the known world, the most powerful nation in the known world. And we're not sending up prayers for that man? He obviously needs them. I know, and I don't mean praying that something will happen to him either. Amen. <laughs> but you, I can't get ahead of you guys. Like, you need to pray for Biden. And some of y'all are in the back. Yeah, I'm going to pray for him, all right. I'll pray for him to kick the bucket. You know. Yeah, amen. Well, I can't stay ahead of you guys. <laughs> Moreover, for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and cease to pray for you, but I will teach you, I will teach you the good and the right way. My parents made me go to church when I said, so that's why I don't go to church. They were trying to teach you the good and the right way. And look, can I, can I, can I, show you and talk to you that maybe somewhere along the way they showed you the good and the right way and somebody else came in and says that's not the right way this is the way let's do it this way or maybe you yourself said I want to go that way you know what the Bible says about the way I'll give you two things the Bible says about the way the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man but the ends are over death Another thing the Bible says about the way is Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He's the only way. They're trying to teach you the good and the right way. We need to do a better job of teaching people the good and the right way. But it's decision time this morning to know how you're going to serve the Lord. Look at verse 24. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. So verse 24 shows you how you should serve the Lord. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth. Not in fables, not in traditions, not in how you think God feels or how you wish God feels, but the truth. The truth. What is the truth? Jesus Christ said, Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word, thy word is truth. Biblical truth. Serve the Lord through the Bible. Not through tradition. Not through what the church tells you to do. Serve Him through what the Word of God, you read it to tell you to do. That's the majority. People, I've had people, so many people, why are there so many different denominations? Because different denominations are reading the Bible wrong. Why do you call yourself a Baptist? Because I think they're reading it just about as close as I'm reading it. 
Well, I don't agree with it. Well, go on down there. They're reading it different. But as far as, my, for us, but as, far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord reading it this way. Serve Him in truth, not through fables. And look, with all, A-L-L, with all your heart, not half-hearted. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school. You want to serve the Lord? You make, it's decision time. You need to make a decision to say, I'm going to serve the Lord and find out about Jesus Christ through the Bible, not through YouTube, not through Facebook, not through the Internet, not through little, some quippy quote, but through the Word of God in truth and with my whole heart, not half-hearted. Not half-hearted. Let's look at one last one in Psalms chapter 55. And we're closing. Psalms 55, we're going to close. Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verse 15. So we saw Joshua make a decision. He was, and he called him up. He said, hey, it's decision time to pick a side. And I encourage you this morning to pick a side. And uh, Samuel says, if you're serving the Lord and you pick the side of the Lord, then you need to serve Him in truth and with your whole heart. That's decision time. And the final decision is found here where David's writing in Psalm chapter 55. Psalms chapter 55, verse 15. Let's see what David has to say here. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. As for me, I will call upon God. And the Lord shall save me. Amen. You know what verse 15 says? That there's a hell. You know, uh, my wife was telling me she heard of a man this weekend that said heaven is a state of mind. You know why they think that? Because they want hell to be a state of mind. <laughs> they don't want hell to be real. But hell is real. And it burns hot. And it's underneath your feet right now. And there's souls down there right now that are burning and screaming, tortured, in flames. Because they didn't make the decision for Jesus Christ. Hell is real. And there's not enough of it preached. And it says here in the Bible, in the Word of God, let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. You know who's in hell right now? Hitler. You know who else is in hell right now? Charles Manson. There's a lot of murderers. There's a lot of rapists. There's a child molesters. There's all kinds down in hell. I want you to think this morning of the most wicked person you can think of. That's who you're going to spend eternity with in hell. As they're screaming and hollering, you'll be screaming and hollering. Tortured. In hell. Some of the worst pain a man can feel or a woman can get into is burns. From a burn. Burn victims. It's incredible. And to think that your soul is going to be down there burning. So that's not a very loving God. I think I have a loving God that gave me a way out for free. So that's not very loving that, there's even a, that there even is a hell. There can't be a, you can't have heaven if you have people like that living up there. They've got to have a place to go. Well, 
I don't think it's right that God made hell. I don't think it's right that God sends people to hell. God didn't send people to hell. They sent themselves to hell. Adam, our great, great, mine and yours, we're all kin down the line. Everybody in this room is kin down the line. Our great, 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 great grandfather Adam ate that apple or whatever it was. And when he took that fruit, he brought sin in the world and death's been here ever since. And God warned him not to do it, and he did it anyway. He made the decision, and he made the choice to go ahead and eat it. And he did, and here we are. And God says, I'm going to give you a way out. It's Jesus Christ. It's a free gift. But all these people, these sinners, they deserve to be in hell. They deserve to be burning. They deserve to die. Yeah, they did. And I did too. When did you die? I died on a cross 2,000 years ago. With Jesus Christ. He paid for my sin. The Bible said he went down into hell. According to Acts chapter 2, he went down into hell. He paid for my sin and he went down to hell. He left all my sins down in hell. That's where my sins are. I thought you said you're still a sinner. I am still a sinner, but the sins I'm committing right now are sins against the Father, not a judge. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the judge of the universe... Is going to judge you. And he can't show any grace. He's got to drop the, gra- the gavel on you. So you got a decision to make this morning. And the decision is, like David said, verse 16, here's his decision. Verse 16, as for me, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Amen. That's the decision I made so many years back. I saw that there was a hell. I knew hell was real, and I said, I don't want to go there. Lord, will you save me? And I asked the Lord. I, I went down an aisle just like a church like this. I walked down the church aisle. And I walked out. I put my hand in the preacher's hand. I said, I want to get saved. And I was saved. Is it that simple, Pastor? It's just that simple. I'm not, there's, there's no magic. There's no mumbo-jumbo. I'm not going to, you know, and slap you on the forehead or do anything else. It's not anything I'm going to do physically. It's not anything you're going to do physically. It's all going to happen in your heart. And if your heart, you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, he rose on the third day, if you believe that in your heart and you're willing to confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all Romans chapter 10. That's all Bible. I'm giving you all scripture. Now it's your decision. David said, as for me, I will call upon God. That's what I did. That's what a lot of people in here did. They said, you know what? I think I'll call upon God, my Lord and Savior. It's your decision. We're about to give an invitation. It's your decision. You don't have to take him. I'm offering him to you, and if you want him, come on down the aisle. It's your decision. You don't have to take him. You know, the only illustration I can think to give you, if you don't understand what's going on in your world, if you're in here this morning and you're lost, you don't understand what's going on in your world, is you're living in a horse race. We're all living in a horse race. This life is a horse race. And you've been, everybody in this room has been given a million dollars. And you've got to place a bet on one of the horses. And they're going to bring up a horse, 
It's going to, they're going to bring up a black horse, and it's, you're going to have a, a choice of Islam. You're going to have a choice of Buddha. You're going to have a cho choice of Shintoism. You're going to have a choice of atheism. You're going to have a choice of science, being an agnostic. You're going to have a choice of all these different religions. And they're going to bring up this big white stallion, and that white stallion's name is Jesus Christ. And what you're being told is, you've got to place your bets. Because when that race is over, it's done. Here's your million dollars, take your chances, take your bet. And what you have is you have a God that says, I've already predetermined who's going to win, and that white horse named Jesus, he's the winner. And if you'll put your money on him, you'll win. Some people come up and say, well, I want to put half, how about putting half my money on him? It's all or in, all in or nothing. All in or nothing. Well, you know what, I think I'll just keep my money, and I won't put him, and a lot of people do. They don't, put, they don't put their million dollars on Islam or on Jesus or on Buddha. They just hold their money and they just wait it out. You're still going to lose it in the end. So what you don't realize in here, maybe you do, maybe you don't. That million dollars I'm talking about is your soul. Your gift that you got, you didn't, get, you didn't earn it. It was given to you by the Lord God Almighty, the creator of this universe, and that gift is your soul that's in that body right now. It's worth a whole lot more than a million dollars. And Jesus warned us about that. Jesus Christ said, what should it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? And if you're in here this morning and you don't take Jesus Christ, your Lord and, Lord and Savior, and you decide, I don't want to do that right now, you're taking a gamble with your soul. Because in the end, the Lord God Almighty said, You fool, your soul is required of you tonight. And he took that man's soul back. That soul don't belong to you. That soul belongs to the Lord God. It's your decision. He loves you enough to tell you you're in a race, number one. And he loves you enough to tell you that in that race, the race ends. And it ends with Jesus Christ winning. Place your bets, boys. Place your bets, girls. I'll tell you this right now. I placed my bet a long time ago, and I said, I'll take all my money, and I'm putting it on Jesus Christ. <laughs> Y'all do what you want to do. I'm putting it on Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we give this invitation, Father, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, they'll come on down and make that decision for you, Lord. Maybe they've been putting it off. Maybe they've been shuffling their feet, Lord God. Maybe they're a little shy, Father. I pray, Lord, you give them the courage to do what you want them to do, Lord. I know I read in your book, Lord Jesus, that you said, confess me before, if we will confess you before men, you'll confess us before the angels of heaven. If we deny you before men, Lord, you said you would deny us before the angels of heaven. Lord, help us not to deny you, Lord. Help us to publicly say, Lord, that we love you and that we want them to be saved, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for the men and women like Moses, I read in your Bible, Lord. I read where Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Come over here. Lord, I'm saying that this morning, Lord God, to this men and women in this church, Lord God. Who's on the Lord's side? I'm saying come over here if you want to be on the Lord's side. Lord, and it's the best side to be on. I thank you, Lord. I thank you in my, my, my health, Lord, and I thank you, thank you, Lord, in my suffering. And I thank you that you're a loving Father, and no matter what happens to me today or tomorrow, Lord, i got a place in heaven. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him